Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo, man. Are you, I'm not, I'm, I just feel, I feel like a little kid, man. It's like Christmas. You know what I mean? It's like pretty crazy, man, because you guys are all the presents. It's amazing. It's pretty awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo, check this out, man. I don't even know if you know or if you get it. I sometimes wonder, I got, I mean, not sometimes, I all the time wonder if I get it or if I even understand what a big deal it is to be able to know Jesus, to be able to know who God is. I don't know if, if you know, if we, if we get that sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? What a big deal it is to even come close to Jesus and to see, you know, you know even if you don't know him yet, but, but what a big deal it is to even start asking questions about him. I don't know if we, if we recognize what a big deal it is because it is a gift. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that it is a gift to know Jesus, man? I do too, man. But I kind of, I, when, when I, when I, when I think about it, I'm, I just get caught up, man. And, 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 and asking myself the question, well, if I know that, that it is a gift, if I know this, then man, why, why, why is it, why am I not getting closer and closer and closer and closer all the time? Man, you know what I mean? I mean, every moment I'm in my front yard, man, and I'm sitting there, right? And I got this little space. I got this little tiny little tree that kind of re- hangs out and gives me some shade in the morning. And I'm sitting there, man. I got my journal. I got my Bible. And I'm, and I'm thinking about all these things. And I'm trying to get closer to God, but I got all this stuff on my mind. Has that ever happened to you? You know, you got all these things going on in your mind, man. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there and, and I'm tripping, man, because, you know, uh, I mean, I, I got, I got my, my digital Bible, right? <laughs> all right. I got my phone where I got some scripture ready on my cell phone. I got my coffee. I got my journal. I got my pen. All right. And I'm thinking, you know what? Why can't I get closer to him? And I started thinking about these people, man, in, in different countries, even, maybe even some here that are, you know, that, that are praying today for food, that are praying today for clean water. And I look at my lawn and it's really green right now. And I'm thinking, man, my lawn is getting cleaner water than a lot of people in the world right now, and even more of it. And yet they still celebrate the presence of Jesus Christ in their daily lives all day long as they're trusting him to bring some bread and to bring some food and to bring some water. It's not here yet. We're still going to praise you and get closer and closer and closer. What do they know that maybe I don't know? You know what I mean? What do they know, man? I just want to challenge that this morning. I want to challenge us this morning to set our mind, all right, to set our heart, to set our whole being right here, to do just just that, to try to get to know him a little bit closer, amen? And here's a problem with that, because when we do that, we're going to get to know ourselves a little closer, maybe closer than we want to, right? Did I just say want to, all right, and we want to. All right, I'm going to use that a little bit later. All right, so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to read some scripture, man, and words are going to fly all over the place because you're going to be like, what? All right, and then we're going to challenge a story. We're going to challenge our life to a story that's, that, 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 that's in here, man. And then I'm going to come back to that scripture, 
And by the grace of God and the power and presence of his Holy Spirit, maybe we can, maybe we can help, we can understand what he meant by all these words that are flying everywhere, all right? All right, cool, man. Y'all want to pray with me? About you guys, y'all, you at home, y'all want to pray with me? I don't know where you're at, your homework, man. Maybe you're supposed to be on the clock working right now. All right, get your boss, tell him to come watch this, man. We'll just take a break right now. All right, anyways, <clears throat> let's pray. Father, we just give you the praise. I always give you the honor in Jesus' mighty name. I always give you the thanks. And we just ask, Father, um, man, I was just for help. Because like, I mean, even now, even right here, man, even with all the, you know, this is the atmosphere that we're trying to change right now, you know, for your glory, Lord, so we can hear you better. Even now, Lord God, we're distracted by so many things. And I'm just praying, Lord God, in the name of Christ, that we can understand in Jesus' mighty name, amen. We're in a series right now called Faith for Exiles, all right? And we've been going through the book of 1 Peter, and we're actually taking a look at the life of Peter to help us maybe understand the letter that this pastor, all right, Peter, wrote to us, his church, all right, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, all right, through the sanctifying work of his Holy Spirit for our obedience to Jesus, Amen. You're like, where does that come from? Check it out. Remember, we got through verse one last week, and today we're almost going to make it through verse two. It's pretty awesome. Check this out. You'll see why. All right? Check this out. All right. And so in this letter, we have this introduction, 1 Peter chapter one. If you're at home, get your Bibles out, man. Lay it out there. Let your kids see you open up a Bible. All right? Let them see that, you know what, whether they may be interested or maybe kids, let your parents see you open up a Bible. All right? And so we're going to go to 1 First Peter, if you open up your Bible, Bible facing you, you want to go all the way almost to the end, all right, of, of to, you know, to your right, and you'll see, you know, all these different letters. You'll see 1 Peter, 2 Peter, all right, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, all this stuff right there. You're going to see it, right? Go to 1 Peter. We're in chapter 1, verse 1, all right, and 2. So, so check this out. Open it up. Here we go. And here's what we said. We have this introduction to a letter like you don't really see much of in all the other letters in the scriptures. And it's coming from a dude that I've been telling telling you, all right, from a human being that is not very much different than us and that we are much very different than him. And you will see why uh, throughout this series, hopefully. But let's just listen to what the pastor says when he says this, by the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, he opens up First Peter, or he opens up his letter by announcing who he is and who he's talking to, all right? And he says, you know, uh, you know and in, in saying who he's talking to, he mentions all these different churches, just kind of helping us understand that he's talking to this church too, all right? I'm not gonna explain this. I'm just gonna read this, and you're gonna see words flying all over the place. God willing, we'll be able to come back to this and figure it all out. First Peter chapter one, verse one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and even Bithynia. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Amen. There's a lot going on right there, right? 
And, 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 you know, and, and I think we're going to be able to kind of take a look at this and understand. But, but before I challenge this story, I don't know, if, has anybody seen the movie God's Not Dead? I can't see you. Yeah? All right. Anybody see? Yeah. So, so, so some of you have not seen it, right? Don't feel bad. I haven't seen it either. All right. And the reason I have not seen it is because everybody told me you need to see this. All right. And so maybe it was a little bit of pride. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. Whatever the case may be, I did see a clip. All right. That we can't really play because licensing is up. We, you know, so we'll figure that out later. But I want to kind of explain this clip that I saw. All right. And in this clip, this, 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 this businessman, really wealthy businessman, just knocking it out of the park, gets a call from his, his sister. And she says, you know, you need to go see mom. And he's like, ah, she ain't even know who I am. She's got dementia. She ain't going to know. He goes, you know what? I ain't got time for all this. Basically hangs up. Well, anyways, he ends up over there to see his mom. And it's this kind of a dark room, not really lit up. And there she is just kind of staring off into, this, into whatever, just kind of staring off there. And he's sitting over here in the side. And, 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 then, and then the focus goes on him. And he starts to say, I don't even know why I'm here. He says, you don't even know I'm here, basically. I can't phrase it word for word, but it's just that just general idea. You don't even know I'm here. He says, you know what? He goes, you, you know what? You have been, you, you're, the, you're the best, you're the kindest person I've ever known in my whole life, right? You pray all the time. And what good is it doing you now? She's just staring off into space. And he's, he's saying, you know what? You know, he says, you're the best person I know, and I'm the, I'm the meanest. He says, you're sitting here with dementia, and my life is perfect. It's perfect. He says, can you explain that to me? And he kind of turns his head, knowing that she, ain't gonna, she can't even, she don't even understand him. And then all of a sudden, she starts talking. And I wrote down what she said because I thought it was huge. She's staring into space. He's over here, puts his head down like, whatever. And she says, sometimes the devil allows some people to live a life free of trouble because he doesn't want them turning to God. Their sin is like a jail cell, except it's all nice and comfy. And there doesn't seem to be any real need to leave. The door's wide open. Till one day, time, runs out. The, the cell door slams shut. And suddenly, it's too late. And then she looks over at him, and he's like just startled, like what in the world just happened? Right? And, and she looks over at him, and she says, 
Who did you say you were? <laughs> it was beautiful. I was like, I got to see this movie now. Not because you guys told me to. All right. <laughs> Who did you say you were? But that question, I mean, there's so much just, just truth there. I mean, it hit every one of us. I know it. All right. But the question, who did you say you were, is, is the question I think we constantly find ourselves asking Jesus when he is asking us the same thing. Check this out in, in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. All right. There is a story I want us to challenge. There's a story I want us to challenge. What's up? All right. <laughs> Miss you guys, man. All right. I just keep seeing everybody that I'm like, whoa, you're here. All right. Um, there's a story I want us to challenge. And uh, Jesus is walking through his boy, with his boys. And they're, they're actually giving, go, walking away from the real heavily populated Jewish areas. And they're heading into these areas where there are not a lot of Jews. There's still some, but there's more non-Jewish people who don't know their traditions, who don't know their, their beliefs, who are not ascribing all right, to their, their uh, monotheism, their one God belief. And so they're walking through this place and they're heading in this area. Scripture says, now, when he came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, all right, and we don't know a lot about that. I have, and maybe some of you have had the privilege of going and checking that place out. But 2,000 years ago, it looked very different. Caesarea Philippi, he says the district, because it really wasn't a town yet. It was actually an administrative center for Roman, Roman Empire. All right, and there was a lot going on around it and all the little towns around it. All right, there was... There was um, uh, in, not nearby, there was this, this cave in this mountainside, all right, that they would all say that that's where the God of nature, Pan, was, was born. And they had these temples and monuments of, 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 of Pan. And then they also over here had this temple and monument to, to Caesar, saying Caesar is Lord. All these different, you know, forms and just kind of uh, this, what they call a pantheistic, many God worship kind of system taking place. And against this backdrop, against this backdrop, Peter's walking, I mean, Jesus is walking with his boys and he says this, he has this question, who do people say the son of man is? Who are they saying that me right here in the flesh among you, who are they saying that I am? Peter, oh, they said, they said, the, the, the disciples started just saying, well, hey, how about this? And how about this? And how about this? And they said that some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, these were actually compliments. To be called John the Baptist was a compliment. I mean, this is a great political and religious reformer. Not so much political, but more of a religious performer, you know, trying to usher in a political reform through, all right, their belief in one God. Kind of a, kind of, kind of a compliment. And then, and then others say, oh no, Elijah, this great miracle worker, all right, who worked many miracles, man. Elijah was a pillar of our, of, of their faith and the history of their faith. To be compared to Elijah was actually a great compliment. Or Jeremiah. This amazing pe preacher that no matter what, through hardships, through attack, all right, through, through all kinds of adversity, would just preach the unfiltered word of God. Great, great comparison. Great compliment. 
But Jesus wasn't looking for compliments. Too many times, man, we catch ourselves trying to give him all these compliments. Jesus is not looking for your compliments. He's looking for our obedience. Amen. Come on. That's a great place for an amen. And amen, even if you don't think so. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. The thing is, man, we, we're surrounded by people who are still looking for the same thing in Jesus. A reformer miracle worker, a great preacher. Why? Because we can manage all those things, right? We can manage that kind of Jesus. We can manage that kind of Jesus, man. We can, we can even ignore that kind of Jesus, right? Not too many people are looking to a God that they need to repent to on a daily basis. I'm just preaching the word, okay, guys? Don't throw anything, okay? <sighs> he began the question was, who, who, who does everybody out there say I am? What are they looking for? And then he makes it real, real personal. He looks at them and he says, well, well, well what about you? Who do you say I am? What about you? What about me? Who do I say he is? Who do you say he is? Let me ask you a question. What is the most important question you've ever been asked? Let me ask you a question. What is the most important? I just got that. All right. <laughs> what is the most important question you've ever been asked? I remember I, when I was in first grade, the most important question I had been ever asked in my whole life was asked up to that point, all right, was, was asked on a piece of paper. I opened it up. It was from the woman of my dreams. Her name was Cassie. And it says, to Ernie, do you like me? Check yes or check no. I was like, I couldn't believe she's asking me this question. I was looking at my friend, all right, the only kid in the first grade with a mustache, Dave Claremont. Check that out. <laughs> right? It was pretty awesome. It was a great question. I showed my mom. Look at the question. Cassie asked this. This is the Cassie I've been telling you about. All right, yes. <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, I remember my mom asking me probably the most important question I could have answered up to that point. She asked me, did you catch your brother on fire? <laughs> Tell me the truth. <laughs> it was an accident, just so you know, all right? But it was so important because if I said no, she already knew I did, and I was going to be in trouble for two things. If I said yes, I felt like I'm just ratting myself out because my brother got a burnt T-shirt and shoulder, you know, anyways, pretty important question. What about you, man? What's the most important questions you've been asked? Junior high, high school, will you go out with me? All right, when you become an adult, are you sure you're 21? You remember that one? Anyways, all right. What about the question, hey man, you're gonna ask her to marry you? What about the question, man? Will you marry me? What about that question? Pretty important question. 
we have all these important questions we've been asked man, on a daily basis. And I think we forget the question that needs to be answered on a daily basis. Who do you say he is? Who do you say Jesus is? Simon Peter came at him, man. He said, you know what? He says, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God, all right? He, 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 he's, as, as quiet as it's kept, Christ is not Jesus' last name. On his license, it doesn't say Christ, comma, Jesus, all right? It doesn't say that, all right? And he's not, he wasn't referred to as Mr. Christ, you know what I mean, in the you know, professional se- sections of, 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 the, of the community, all right? He was, it was Jesus, all right, was his name. Christ was his, was his job title, was exactly what he was doing here. Tr- Christ, the chosen one one of God, the anointed one of God, the one whom God's spirit was infilled in completely, the one who was going to save us and redeem us from our sins, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who was going to come back one day, all right, and reign right here on this planet. Our God, the big old G who loves me, amen. Amen. Peter just said all that in this sentence, the son of the living God. And we say, wait a second. Yeah, I thought he was God. In the language of the time, to say you are the son of means you are this person. When Jesus in John chapter 17 talks about Judas and says he is the son of destruction, the son of waste, the son of perdition, doesn't mean that was his dad's name. It means that's who that guy is. Peter declared this right out and says, you are your God. And Jesus says this, man, blessed are you. And he calls him by his legal name, Simon, son of John. Because flesh and blood, he's getting ready to change that name. All right. He says, blessed are you, you're blessed. Because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. When you get a glimpse of God, when you get a glimpse of Jesus, when you start to lean into who Christ really truly is in your life and lives around you and on this planet, all right, you are blessed, God, Jesus is saying, God himself is saying, all right, because your confidence in Jesus and who Jesus is doesn't come from your teachings, doesn't come from my sermons, doesn't come from, you know, all of your stuff. It comes from God himself. Do you get this? Jesus himself said in John chapter 6, verse 44, he says this, and I'll just read it word for word. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Amen? It is a Jesus thing. It's not a me thing. It's not even a we thing. It's a he thing. Amen? Come on, man. You come, come with me on this. And he, Jesus himself said, when speaking of the Father, he said, no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone, 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 anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So that's what I said at the very beginning. If you know him, you're blessed, all right? Because God reveals him. If you're looking in on him, if you're watching right now, or if you snuck in because you thought you'd get a free show, all right? You know, you're here because God called you here and he is revealing himself to you through Jesus and revealing Jesus through him for his glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, man. Are you here? Are you hearing? And then he says this. I tell you, verse 18, he changes his name. You are Peter. And on this rock, 
Now, Jesus wasn't pointing to Peter when he said this rock. He may have been pointing to himself. And on this rock, he may have been either one of two things, pointing to himself, saying on this rock, I will build my church, or on that rock of confession of your faith. That testimony that God has given you, that testimony that God will give others, on that rock, I will build my church. What is the rock, the foundation of exactly who Jesus is? Who do you say he is? What do you say he is? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Everyone talks about God. Rarely do I hear anyone tell me who he is and what he does. I hear people talking about God all the time. But I don't know that God is, I think, I think God is more pleased, more satisfied, more, more, I think the mission is to walk with God and to be with God. And therefore, people can see. I've told you guys, I've been talking about this for a little while, and I think it was Ravi Zacharias who said this. Today, the gospel doesn't only need to be heard. It needs to be seen, and it needs to be felt. The gospel of Jesus Christ needs to be seen, and it needs to be felt. Who do you say he is? Who do you say God the Father is? Who do you say the Holy Spirit is? Who do you say these three in one? Who, 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 who is God? Who is God? Who do you say? I mean, here's a crazy thing, man. You may be thinking... Um, and you're having these different answers, or maybe you're just kind of stuck going, I, you know, wow, I don't, you know. But here's the thing. Our lives answer that question every day. Your life, my life, answers that question before words can even come out of my mouth. I can manufacture all kinds of different, you know, cool little sayings about th that would answer those questions but my life has already been answering it before the question was even asked. Amen? Do you know how you're answering that question? Oh, man. Do you know who he is? I think... Let's just go back because Peter answered that on the strength that God provided. And not only him, he didn't just stay there. He continued to get closer and closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And so we have this, this letter from uh, one of our great pastors, Pete. Pastor Pete. All right. We have this great letter from Pete given to his church on the authority and inspiration of, of Jesus Christ and through his Holy Spirit. And he writes us this letter. And just in these first two lines, he's just, he, 
He explains so much to, you know, when he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are the elect exiles. He's who he is, our pastor, to who we are, the church. And then he says this crazy thing, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. We're gonna try to unpack that just in these next little few minutes. All right, I'm gonna try to do it as simple as I can, but try not to remove the integrity of these statements. We need to pray again, okay? So Father, we just give you the praise and we just give you the honor, Lord God, and we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would help us understand, Lord God, your word in Jesus' name. Help us understand the work of your spirit in Jesus' name. Help us understand what you want us to do about this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. He's speaking to us, the elect exiles, according to, check out verse two. Let's just leave verse two up there, would you? Just leave it up there probably till we're done. All right. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in this in, okay, the, 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 these, these little words, according to, in the, for, are really, really huge words, all right? You know, according to the foreknowledge, basically, God calls each of us to the table, all right? You didn't, remember Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. God calls you and you and you, and, and I don't even care if you, maybe, maybe you, you know, you're still in elementary school, maybe you're in junior high, maybe you're in high school, maybe you're in college, maybe you're an adult, and we've been, we, you know, and we've been just kind of ignoring all this stuff, but we just feel continuing feel drawn to it. God has chosen you. He says, you know, according to the foreknowledge of God, he calls us to the table before there was ever a table. All right. A great loving father, a great loving God. All right. Calls you, knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. All right. He says, I knew you and I formed you before you were formed. I knew you and I called you. This is our father, okay? This is the past, all right? This is where our past, all right? But it is eternity past, so it's, it's all, you know, I don't wanna go crazy in that right now because I'll take it somewhere else, all right? This is, this is what God has done. He has called his chosen people, all right? And when he's talking about these different churches, Pontus, Asia, Bithynia, Cappadocia, he's basically saying, look, at, I knew you were gonna be in Pontus. I knew you were gonna be in Cappadocia. I knew you were gonna be in Pine Top. I knew you were gonna be in Sholo. I knew you were gonna be up in the White Mountains. I knew you were gonna be visiting here. And and visiting there. I knew you were going to be watching online. I knew all these things from the beginning of time, according to the foreknowledge of God. All right. Our great God and father who nothing, 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 nothing is a surprise. It raises a lot more questions right now. I get it, but let's follow. Let's keep this traction right here and let's follow this a little bit further because God called each of us and he knew if we're his chosen people, no matter where we're at, no matter who we're around, no matter what situation we're in, no matter how crazy it is or how cool it is, all have been known by God before the world began. And this letter he wrote then to them is now written today, now to us. This means you and me. 
God chose us for the craziest, most important job on the planet. And it is to know God and to make God known. To know God and to make God known. That has been the job description of God's people since the beginning of our time. To know God and to make God known. We, we like to call it making it easier for people to know Jesus because there's a lot of people who don't know they can know Jesus and to, and to lead them into the growing relationship with Christ. And that can only happen if we're doing the same thing, amen? Knowing God. This is all according to the foreknowledge of God. Something God knew in the past brings us here to the present. It, it requires this right now work in the sanctification of the spirit. I was asked, what's an easier word to say to understand than sanctification? There ain't one. All right? It, you need multiple sentences to understand what this word sanctification means. To be set apart, to be consecrated, to be made holy as he is holy. We need help is what he's saying in this, 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 this right now work. According to the foreknowledge of God, we've been called to the table. Now we're here at the table, all right? You know, according to the, to, the, to the foreknowledge of God, we've been given the most craziest job on the planet before there was even a planet. And here we are. And this requires some right now work, some sanctification of the Holy Spirit. We need help to become more and more and more closer and personally devoted to God. We can't do this. Have you ever tried to do this? Have you ever just tried to do this on your own strength. You can't do this without the help, all right, and the sanctifying work of God's Holy Spirit. We need help becoming more and more closer to God. We need help to be more holy and set apart people, all right? This is what God does. This is the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, not only around you, this is crazy, not only his work around you, all right, not only his work to you, but his work in you and his work from you. Working in Christians, working in you and me more and more to free us from sin that just continually kind of remains in our lives, to make us more like Christ in holiness, to make us more like Christ in our faith, to make us more like Christ in our love. Why do we need help? You, we know we sin. We know we sin. Sometimes we call it we, bad habits, mistakes. You know, oh, I blew it on that one. We call it all these other things because we don't like using the word sin because sin implies one thing, missing the mark that God has set. Has set. We need to call it what it is. We, we, we sin. And we know it. And he's saying that we can be sanctified, set apart, made holy by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But yet we ignore that work and we look for the books, the self-help books. All right? We, we look for some friends to say, man, you know what, man, you just, you know, do you struggle with that? Me too, man. Let's, let's stop. <laughs> All right? That lasted 10 minutes. 
We, we look at, we look for, for, for speakers or preachers or teachers, all right, to follow, to help us with this, this sin that's, that's just kind of just, 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 just consuming us. We try everything to quit, to quit, to be done with it, right? We try everything except lean into the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, all right, to kick all them rotten seeds out. Which just begs a question for me, because sometimes I gotta ask myself this question, all right, do I really want it gone? Because that's like the final appeal. This book, okay, yeah, you know what? It was a bad book anyways. All right, oh, look at that author. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff now. I don't have to listen to that. All right, this speaker, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, all the, we can find, again, we can ignore a public reformer. We can ignore, ignore a miracle worker. And we can ignore um, a great preacher. But we cannot ignore the living God whom we must repent and be, and be held accountable for every sin because every sin is against Jesus, is against him, is against God Almighty before anyone else. Well, you need to know this. You're like, dang, I came back to church on the wrong day. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Woo! According to the foreknowledge of God, the table has been prepared for you to be here. And the right now work requires the sanctification in his Holy Spirit. Only God can make you right. And where's all this going? He says, for obedience to Jesus Christ, for obedience to Jesus Christ, empowered obedience. Our lives must constantly be heading towards obedience. We have all these goals in life. We even have all these ministry goals. And man, we could do this and, and all this. And we think that, that God is good, just can't wait for that goal to be reached. Man, if, if this ministry was, a, man, right, God, we wait till this happens. God's like, I'm not, yeah, that sounds good. But what I care about more than anything else on this planet is your obedience to my son, Jesus. That's the goal. You know, this, this would be awesome. Yeah, more people knowing Jesus. Great, great, great. That's what we want that. But the goal in your life is not that end game. The end game is, is, is obedience to my son, Jesus Christ. Where are you at with that? That's what he's saying. Come on, man. Oh, boy, this is really, really. I'm going to need to get a big old, like, glass shield right here while I preach so you guys bulletproof all that stuff because this is crazy. What's even crazier is I'm the one saying it. So where do you think that puts me? <laughs> right? for the sprinkling of his blood. Okay, well, well, what's, that, what's that doing in there? Because we have, we have past, God, you know, chosen, right? And we have the present, sanctification of the spirit, okay? And then, and then we have, you know, future glory, you know, for the obedience to Jesus Christ. What's the sprinkling with his blood? Okay, we, we know that. Isn't that what kicked us Where are we at with that? It's like Peter, the, 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 past, the apostle and the pastor knew that the church... He knew that we're not going to nail this. He knew that we weren't going to just knock this out of the park. He knew that obedience in this life is always incomplete. And that even the most mature Christians are painfully aware of, of remaining sin in our lives. And so God's purpose 
right? And that God's purpose, uh, obedience to Jesus Christ is never going to be completed and not, not completely fulfilled in this life. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to wash us completely clean. According to the foreknowledge of God and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. I think we're going to finish the rest of the verse next week. We'll see. Because just with that, I know this, man. We, we, we may know, all right, and we may even say that he died for our sins. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. We all need to know that. But the question that, that quickly follows is if we have received that payment for our sins, can we say that we have died to our sins. He died for our sins, but it is up to us by the sanctification of his Holy Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ according to the foreknowledge of God. It is up to us, all right, to lean into the power that he gives us to die to our sins. I'll be the first to admit that I'm a sinner that needs the blood of Jesus Christ in his life. I've died to a lot of sins, but what's crazy is when, when I realize that the more I die, all right, to my sins by the power of his Holy Spirit, all right, the more those sins try to recycle themselves. Have you ever had that happen? It's like I, I start to die to pride and then envy comes in and I start to die to envy and then dissension comes in and I start to die to dissension and then idolatry comes in and then when I start to die to idolatry, pride comes back. And like the apostle Paul says, who will save me from this body of sin and death? And he answers it. I thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. But the question remains, who do you say he is? Who or what you believe Jesus to be will determine what you do what he said whether you worship him or whether you just try to impress him or whether you just I don't know throw compliments whatever the case may be who or what you worship will determine how you live right usually I got something big here's what I want you to do today. I, I, I do got something I want you to do, but it's a little bit, it's going to be different in all your lives. Answer the question. Two levels. What does your mouth say? Well, three levels. What does your mouth say he is? What does your life say he is? And what do you need to do about those two answers, especially if they're different? your mouth say he is? What does your life say he is? What are you going to do? All right, take care of those two answers. Father, we give you the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Jesus. 
guide us, Lord.